Uh, we'll be in the book of Titus again, chapter 2, this morning. We'll begin reading here. We'll read down through verse 5. I'll begin reading in verse 1. Look at what the Word of God says this morning. It says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they may teach the young women to be sober, sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. So did you know God loves us? And we in verse 1 it says, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. So Paul tells Titus, you need to speak the things that become sound doctrine. Why is this? And we, we've looked at it before, but in chapter 1, there, he's going to a difficult people. Liars and vain talkers and those that, uh, that are teaching things that they ought not, the Word of God tells us. And there's Jewish fables in verse 14 in the commandments of men. And these are all things that are contrary to the truth. It says that turn from the truth. And so he's going to a people that really aren't being obedient to God and and it says they're reprobate, uh, they're dishonoring God in all they do, but he says, speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. And I'm just marvel sometimes at how God loves us and how he's good to us. And he has given us the gift of good doctrine. Uh, Psalm 119.68 says this, Thou art good and doest good, teach me thy statutes. Boy, the teachings of, of God and and how we need the doctrine of God, uh, the truth. Uh, listen, God gives it that we might learn of Him and of His gospel. Listen, that we might live a walk that's pleasing to Him. Uh, <clears throat> doctrine is the teaching of our Heavenly Father revealed in Jesus Christ, transmitted it by the Holy Spirit in the Holy Scriptures. We get sound doctrine from the Bible. And so uh, we need to stay close to the Word of God. Uh, if anyone's around preaching anything other than the Word of God, uh, you need to avoid them. It, really, you should rebuke and confront them, but listen, it's all about the Word of God. The Word of God and, and sound doctrine ought to be received, believed, and followed by the church and by us individually. Uh, it's imperative that we follow the things in the Word of God. Uh, listen to the glory of God. And as we look at these things, I just want to remind you, God has things in place for our good. He's the creator. He knows how best we ought to function. And so some people get this idea that you can't do this or you got to do that because, boy, that's just how it is. And God's a mean God and he has all these expectations. Listen, we're not earning our way to heaven. Following a list of this and that is not getting us to heaven. It's only through Christ and Christ alone and trusting in him that we can get heaven, but then God gives us some scripture for godly conduct, some teaching, some sound doctrine that we ought to have in our lives. And so sound or healthy doctrine provides, provides a pattern that when followed promotes healthy faith and love. Maybe you say that your, your faith is weak or you're lacking in love. You're probably not in the word of God. And we ought to be in the Word of God. Sound doctrine is a valuable heritage that is treasured in this generation and faithfully ought to be faithfully transmitted to the next. 
Paul uses this pattern in 2 Timothy 2.2. It says this, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. And uh, I, I spoke with somebody in the parking lot on the way in today, just out of happenstance. I guess not out of happenstance. The Lord ordained it. Uh, but it was an older man in the church, and uh, he was just encouraging me. It was a great encouragement to me. But I couldn't help but think, this church has such a great heritage. Uh, the man of God that, that God brought to, to start this church, and, and certainly we want to continue what his desire is, not because of who he is, but because of who God is, right? We understand that God brought this about, but, but look at that. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. No doubt, Pastor Williams invested his life in dozens, hundreds of people here. We ought to be faithful to do the same in the lives of everyone else. And listen, God continues to bring people to liberty. There are new families, really, it seems monthly and, and on a regular basis, we have, excuse me, folks that God's bringing here. And listen, as, as God does that, we need to be faithful to our heritage. Listen, we need to be faithful to our God. Mm-hmm. And how do we do that? By continuing to teach sound doctrine. And so, Last week, uh, maybe this should have been a precursor to uh, before I talked about the aged men, but because I don't, I've never been there. I'm not. I don't think I fit the category of an aged man necessarily. Forty-two years old. There's some of you in this room. Man, you're a whippersnapper. You're a youngster, and I understand that. But even more today, as we talk about aged women, boy, how I don't fit that category at all, and never will. But it's the Bible. And listen, Paul instructed Titus to speak sound doctrine. uh, And he wanted uh, to tell the old men to be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, and patience. Now he directs it to conduct becoming aged women. And so I will admit, I don't have experience in this area. Uh, But there are some biblical principles. And I hope if you stick with me, we can tie it together at the end and and maybe some more in, in the coming weeks, Lord willing, we'll look at some different things. But what is conduct becoming an aged woman? Look at verse 3 with me, if you would. The aged women likewise, and so that's in, in like manner, so similar. So those characteristics of the aged men, they, similar to that, they be in behavior as becometh holiness. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. And so these are things that the Apostle Paul is sound doctrine for the aged ladies uh, in a church. And so what does it mean to have behavior as becometh holiness? Uh, There's a reverence there. It's a reverent uh, as becomes holy to act like a sacred person uh, is the idea there. I know many of you are familiar with the term conduct unbecoming an officer and a gentleman. Article 133 in the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And so what is that saying? That's saying that this conduct is unbecoming. It's not suitable for the conduct of an officer. It, it, it goes against him as an individual or perhaps, or perhaps his office and, and his command. And many times you'll see often in the news, they'll never say exactly what the specific thing was, but a commander was relieved due to lack of confidence in their ability to lead. 
Uh, oftentimes it comes back to Article 133. But um, the reality is, in behavior means the demeanor, their deportment, their bearing, their manner of life. And so in dress, in speech, in conduct, aged women are to reflect their holy calling. Uh, their holy calling. Listen, I believe we would do well if we conducted ourselves as unto the Lord and not unto men. Uh, too often we concern ourselves with what others think and not what a holy, righteous God thinks about how we conduct ourselves. Whether that's in dress, in, 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 our, in our conduct, in speech, or whatever the case may be, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. That should be the standard. Uh, don't allow society to be the standard. Don't allow the world, the people around you that you associate. Listen, don't allow other Christians to be the standard for you. The standard is the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the standard is a holy God. And, and as He leads you uh, through the Holy Spirit, that's how we ought to be conducting ourselves. Conduct that's becoming, in, in Philippians chapter 1, we talk about only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. So the, the things that we do, the, the, the way that we live our lives should be an indication and it should lead to the gospel. It should be a represented, representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's behavior as becometh holiness. Uh, is your life today, ladies, aged ladies? Listen, we could say this for everybody, but the, the text today is talking about the aged women. And as you see the word likewise in this, it, this is applicable to everyone. There's no one exempt, but... But listen, ladies, are you living your life in conduct that's becoming of the holiness that God calls you to? Not the holiness that you think the other ladies in the church want you to have. Listen, that's a struggle that we have. We are unwise in the, in the times that we begin comparing ourselves among ourselves. We need to be very careful. We can all fall uh, prey to that. Uh, not false accusers. Not given to much wine. False accuser, false accuser is a slanderer. Uh, that word is diabolos, which is really a word for the devil. A false accuser. Uh, one who falsely accuses and divides people without any reason. A slanderer. We ought not be, ladies. And, and listen, I know men are... are, are they're susceptible to be slanderers and false accusers just the same. But, uh, but listen, it's highlighted with the women, and I don't think it's by accident. Uh, sometimes women can be prone to be busybodies more than others. And, and, I'm, and I'm saying that on the authority of the Word of God today. I'm not accusing you personally. Listen, I, this is an awkward place to be sometimes up here. Uh, this is the Word of God. But ladies, we need to be careful. Because we can be slanderers. We can begin starting rumors and those things. And listen, things that aren't even true. Bringing division and sowing discord among the brethren. Uh, God help us to not do that. Not given to much wine. Uh, certainly we shouldn't be drunkards. And, and I looked at some of this and, and historically Greeks and Roman older ladies had a reputation to be fond of wine is the term Adam Clark used. They were fond of that, and, and so uh, they were drunkards. And uh, certainly you can't, if you're a false accuser and a drunkard, how can you teach anybody? And, and we'll get to that here in a moment. You've got to have a good reputation and be, have behavior that becometh holiness if you want to be reputable and fulfill this requirement to teach good things. Uh, 
So not false accuser nor drunkards. And, and I found this commentary. It says, one may say they are to guard against what comes out of their mouth and what goes into it. We need to be careful. We want to be filled with the Spirit and not drunk with wine, which is excess. We can't be involved in those things. We ought to abstain from those, I believe. Listen, and as I said, men can be slanderers. They can be snakes, the same, but sometimes women are possibly more prone to that. But look as we, as we go on here. So that, that's verse 3, it says that the women likewise, that they be as behavior that becometh holiness. So listen, we ought to be doing our best to honor God in how we live our lives. Not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. What does this mean? Teachers of good things. Uh, it's a compound word, kalos, which means that which is virtuous, and diakakolos, I think is how you pronounce it. That's instructor, master, or teacher. And so the aged women ought to be an instructor of virtuous things, good things, right things. Influencing for the good younger women by precept and example. They ought to be teaching those things uh, to the younger ladies. It says there in uh, verse 3, Teachers of good things that they may teach the young women. So the idea of teaching young women, admonishing to hold one to his or her duty. Sometimes we need to be brought back to where we ought to be. What is the proper duty of the wife? What is the proper duty of the mother, uh, of the young women? And we need older women that are able to be candid and honest with younger and say, hey, this is where the focus ought to be. Uh, You might be off. And and so it includes admonishing. And and, uh, listen, we should exhort, they should be exhorting earnestly to correct, to teach is the idea. Listen, old ladies, let me use the Bible term, aged women, That sounds a little better. Um, Listen, older women have a duty to teach and correct young women. It's Bible. I didn't say it. God said it. And so we must make an observation before we move on, and I'll make some notes about older women being directed or really commanded to teach young women. But let's make an observation of the women If they're going to teach, they must herself follow the Lord. The whole idea here is uh, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women. Uh, You need to do these things yourself. What things? Well, let's look at verse 5 to be, or verse 4, that they may teach the young women to be sober. To love their children, or to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. And so it's really hard to be credible as a teacher if you're telling these youngsters, hey, you ought to love your husband, but you don't. So these things that you're to teach ought to be evident in your lives. I know that. In, in the, the order of the scriptures, it, it gives some specific things for these, and I, and I think conduct as becometh holiness would, would sum these things up. And maybe it's because the aged have life experience, maybe they don't need as more lengthy description of how to conduct themselves, because it's both with the man and the woman, right? The older men, it's a pretty short list, but next week when we look at the young men, it's longer 
And just like it is a little bit longer for the young ladies, we'll spend more time on the young ladies next week, which again is not an area that I'm very well versed with. Um, but I was married to a young lady. She's... She used to be young. <laughs> Listen, we're getting up in years now. So I know we may not be the aged category, but we're not the 20-somethings when we got married. So I do have some experience in, in, in at least, you know, being the recipient of some of these things as a husband. But we'll, we'll spend more time on that next. Listen, one that does not have a becoming behavior may lack credibility. It's hard to teach and, and, and have any credibility. If you're a slanderer or a false accuser or a drunkard, who's going to trust your teaching? Right? Now, again, there are no perfect people. We, we must understand this. And so, young ladies, you cannot nitpick at the life of the aged and give excuses why you are exempt to learning from them. Right. Don't think that, oh, I, that one, oh, I, I heard her say some things sometime. And listen, we all fail. We all need forgiveness at times. Nobody's perfect. Right. And so don't, don't get this idea that, well, uh, that's not a credible person. Well, there may be that case where there are some. But by and large, if somebody's trying to honor God with their life and trying to live a life, uh, 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 having a conversation or conduct that is becoming of holiness, uh, just by sheer age, they have been farther down the road than you, and you ought to give some attention to that. Um, and so... God gives a command to older ladies to teach the younger. That, in my mind, indicates that the younger ladies ought to be submissive to the teaching of the elders. It's here in Scripture. Why would God give a command if He didn't expect the younger to receive it? And so what do these older ladies teach the younger? What... They think is best? No, again, sound doctrine, right? Where do the ladies get their, their instruction manual? The Word of God. Now, they have a life that they lived and they have experienced, and so they can see how God's used His Word in their life, and they can better relate to it than, than most. I'll, I'll, all right, let's move on. I got some stuff I'll share in that vein uh, as we close today. Um, but I, I don't know if you remember, last week we mentioned sometimes the older men, uh, they use their age as an excuse to slack off regarding the service of our Lord. I, I've seen it. We need to be careful, but uh, the older ladies can do that as all, also. But I want to remind you, God can still use you. And listen, I sat with the verses a little bit yesterday at, at the fall festival, and I just enjoyed fellowshipping with some folks that have been around longer than me. It was a blessing. And listen, we would do well to take the time to talk to the younger. And we would do well as younger to listen to those older folks. Listen, God, they've been down. Listen, they can share some things, some successes they've had in life, and say, boy, if you do this, like God teaches, it's going to work. But they can also say, listen, I've failed in some areas. I went against the teachings of the word. I went against the sound doctrine. And it was a mess. Don't do that. Uh, we would do well to listen to those things. But just, here's some examples from Scripture of some older ladies that were a blessing. I know you, many of you have heard of Sarah. 
She was over 65 years old when they left Ur. Uh, in our demographics today, 65s, in my mind, you're, you're getting up there. Uh, you definitely have more years behind you than in front of you. And uh, we know that she was a beautiful woman. But listen, she was a woman of faith. Oftentimes, we, we look at her laughing. And we, we try to hold that against her to some extent. Boy, man, she wasn't perfect. Yeah, nobody's perfect. But look at what God says about her. Hebrews 11, verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received uh, strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She still put her faith in God. She still trusted God. And I, listen, I know she laughed at God and it, was, it seemed unbelievable. Don't we all experience moments of doubt? Uh, let's be careful. And again, let's not hold it against somebody more than we ought to. Look what it says in 1 Peter 3, uh, 3 through 4. And she was adorned with the incorruptible beauty of a meek and quiet spirit. Whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of plating of the hair of the hair, and of wearing gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, and that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God, which in the sight of God of great price. And again, who are we trying to please? Boy, it's about pleasing God and our conduct becoming holiness unto Him. Uh, verses 5 and 6 go on, and, and she trusted, and listen, she was submissive to her husband. Because next week we're going to talk about teaching the younger ladies to be obedient to their husbands and to love their husbands. Look what it says this, For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God. That's key right there. They trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So she submitted herself to the leadership of her husband, but ultimately she was being obedient to Almighty God. And so uh, we need to remember that. Listen, God knows how things ought to work. Maybe you're familiar with the, the lady named Anna in Luke. There was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of uh, Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. Verse 37, And she was a widow about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple. Look at what this, But served God with fastings and prayer night and day. Oftentimes, ladies can use their widowhood to uh, get discouraged and depressed. And, down. and listen, I, I've never experienced that, and I know it's difficult. But here's the example of an aged lady became a widow young and, and for years served God. Verse 38, She coming in the instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She was about the Father's business. Despite the difficulties she's faced in life, despite losing her husband, she was faithful to serve God. I can't imagine what it's like to lose a spouse. In the difficulty that is. And so, but listen, God knows. And He cares. And He has grace to get you through it. And I, again, I'm not saying it's going to be easy every day. And it might be difficult. But listen, you ought to serve God in that. And so Anna was a woman who used her widowhood to serve God and others. 
God, in the taking of her husband, freed her up to serve him with fasting and prayer. And it looked and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She was just speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a blessing. How about Tabitha, or what I like to call her Dorcas? At least one chuckle. You guys are a rough crowd. Listen, Peter restored to life in Acts chapter 9, and, and I have several verses here. I guess we've got time to read them. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for as much as Lydia was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turned him uh, to the body. Turned him to the body, saith Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up and gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa. Look at what it says. And many believed in the Lord. Listen, sometimes we just need to be faithful. And I know, listen, she was just serving God. A seamstress, someone things up and, and she was so dear to the heart and I can't imagine, she must have been a great blessing providing clothing and, and at least her service. They were weeping, sharing what the things that she had done and how she had been a blessing to them. <clears throat> it says she was full of good works and charitable deeds. She had made garments and, and things. What a great example of another woman who used her life to serve others and how dear she was to the people there. Well, here's the one last one. Peter's wife, uh, her mother was healed by Jesus in Matthew 8, uh, 14 and 15. And when Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid in sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. Boy, listen, we get sick. We want to lay out of church. She got better and went right back to work. Now I would say this, when the Lord heals you, you're healed. You're, you're 100% at that point, right? He doesn't do anything halfway. And so she was certainly in good health. But listen, she accompanied her husband on travels. Peter's wife, not the mother that was healed. Uh, I have, not pow- or have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles, as the brethren of the Lord, as Cephas, which is Peter? Listen, there's nothing greater than, than for a man to have a faithful wife that will submit to his leadership regardless of where God takes them. Listen, ladies, it's not about where your husband's taking you. It's about submitting to Almighty God and your husband's leadership that God's put in your life and you're ultimately following God. There's no greater blessing for a husband to have a wife that would follow him and ultimately knowing that she's following the Lord. History tells us that she was martyred, Peter's wife. And so a woman who left home and family to follow Christ and ultimately die for him. What a great example. Listen, we don't have the right to lay out because we're getting up in years. And I say that, and I'm not struggling with a lot of the aged infirmities. And so I understand. I'm saying that based on the authority of God's word without understanding fully all of the challenges that aged folks face. 
But what I am saying that if in faith you will trust your God, you can still be used. Whether you're an aged man or you're an aged woman, God still desires to use you. And so as we close or prepare to close, submitting to the teaching of the aged. I know there's some young folks here today. I just want to share this thought briefly, and as I mentioned, we may come back to this in, in a week or two. Um, but a command given to teach implies requirements for the younger to submit and to take heed and to listen to those things. And, it, and certainly we must understand it's because they're teaching sound doctrine, right? Uh, they're teaching us the ways of the Lord. And so as we prepare to get into next week and where the aged women teach the younger women, listen, young ladies, and I, you can even say young men here, perhaps you don't know it all. I know when I got married and, and I had so much confidence and I understood what life was and, and marriage. And, and listen, by the grace of God, Cindy and I didn't make us a lot of big mistakes. But we really had no idea what marriage really truly was. Marriage is not sunshine and butterflies all the time. And so perhaps, young ladies and young men, there's things that we could gain and learn from the aged. And so we need to give attention to those things. And what I would say is don't forsake God's plan and look for instruction elsewhere. This is... This has become such a big deal in my life recently, and I think it's because I see so many people with social media and the interwebs and, and all the stuff that's out there. And I'm not saying it's all garbage, but listen, God has given us the local church. Amen. And we, listen, we have a healthy local church. We have the aged. We have the younger. And we are ripe for the best classroom that God ever intended us to have. So don't forsake God's best plan. And thank God for books and outside insight. I'm not saying everything on the internet's garbage. That's not true. But we must never underestimate those that are closest to us and the greater insight that they have for us. As I mentioned earlier, so we talked about aged men last week and aged ladies today, and by God's grace, they're going to teach the younger generation. There are people in this room that see you day after day, week after week. I'm talking to the young people now. And they got some years on you. And they can see what you're going through. And listen, if you're candid and you are honest and say, I have struggles in these areas and those areas. And I'm not saying we get up and air everybody's dirty laundry out. That's not what I'm saying. But, but when we're just candid, hey, I'm not doing as good as I think I, as, as I, as I want to at least. I'm struggling here or there. These older folks can, can put their arm around you and say, listen, by God's grace, we can go through this together. Here's some, here's some things that I learned along the way. Here's some things that God taught me from his word that helped me. You're not going to get that in the internet. You're going to get somebody that has three points in a poem. And, and listen, again, there's some podcasts and other things out there that they're not bad because those people do have experience as well. But listen, these people see you and they know you and they can make it personal for you. You won't find that on the internet. You won't find that anywhere but where God has designed it to be here at the local church. And how much more that aged person probably loves and cares for you. Cares for your children. 
and the struggles that your family has on a personal level. They can pray for you. Listen, what am I talking about this morning? I'm talking about an intimate fellowship of God's people that love each other and want to encourage and exhort one another to follow him. And so as we, have this, we take this idea of, of receiving instruction and, then, and as we'll see, the young men are going to go and they're going to preach, basically is what, what the text tells us. Listen, as we need to submit young people to the leadership of our elders so that we can continue to carry this heritage that we've got from Almighty God that he's passed down to us to the people in our church. <clears throat> Listen, the age have done things right and they failed, the younger can learn from both. So aged, I challenge you to teach. Not to lord over, not to expect them to do it exactly how you say, but to share the word of God and your experiences in this life. And young people, I challenge you to listen and take heed to those things. And I know God would do great things in our congregation if we would do it His way. Listen, this is instruction from the Apostle Paul to Titus on how to set things order in church. We don't need to, he didn't say go to dot com. I know that didn't exist. I'm being kind of joking here this morning. But where do we go? The Word of God. God's Word. And what does God say? The aged instruct, the younger take heed, listen, and apply. I'm afraid sometimes our churches, for whatever reason, people are afraid to share their experiences, share their failures, share their successes. Listen, the young people need to know that. And the young people need to let the old people know you want it. And so old people, here, this is for you, Psalm 92. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth in fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Look what it says here. To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. We can demonstrate our good works by God's grace and draw men unto himself. And so perhaps the age this morning, your physical labors, those days have come to an end or they're getting close to coming to an end. You can bear fruit in the lives of the next generation if you would instruct and to teach them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that you would work in our church. Lord, I thank you for the biblical pattern. I pray that we would be a people that would be submissive to your will. I pray for the age this morning that they would instruct, that they would guide and direct and share what you've done in their lives. And I pray that us young folks would listen and be attentive, Lord, and, and be receptive to what you have. And now, Father, as we prepare to go to the morning service, Father, we desire to glorify you in all of it, and we pray that you'd meet with us. We ask for a Holy Spirit filling that you'd anoint our pastor. Bless the word of God as it goes forth. I pray that it would go forth with power. And Lord, that you'd work in hearts and lives, and I pray that you'd change us to be more like Christ. Bless us now, Lord. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.